podcast where we discuss movie titanic minute by minute i'm your co-host rob and joined as always by my good friends joe and duff thanks for having us rob mm-hmm. thank you uh i mean duff's been here for every episode joe you were sick for that one so well, Did i've been taking a lot of zinc supplements and vitamin uh, c to make sure it never happens again joe's still up on me because he has all the tombstone episodes that's true that's true uh, Joe's been taking his airborne to stay healthy. <laughs> how's the uh, uh, how, how's the count towards Wyatt Earp going? Uh, I haven't checked in a while. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, we'll we'll look into that later. Uh, but if you want to fill out a survey, it's tombstoneminute.com/survey. Uh, okay, minute one fifty nine of Titanic. In this minute, Father Biles continues his prayers. So we're on the stern of the ship. Rose is looking at these terrified faces. We have a mother clutching onto her son. She's saying it'll be all over soon. Guys, I don't like this. This kid's like five years old, which is about the age, which is the age of my son. Ugh, awful. I just, moments like this are, I have a real hard time with. Understandable. Yeah, as I'm sure most people do. Uh, and then we see that. Uh, this woman that Rose looks at, and I want to be honest, guys, I never realized who it was until today. Is it Helga? It's Helga! So I wouldn't have known this except for all the talk about Helga and the deleted scenes. And this scene has always been kind of weird to me because Rose looks over and there's a moment. But if you haven't watched those deleted scenes, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. She's almost saying as if my man's with me. <laughs> Where's and- your man? Stay back. <laughs> this is my ticket. Yeah, what happened to that Fabrizio fellow? I heard he's a smoker. Is he going to make um, it to America? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, we have that's Helga. I mean, it's crazy. I've seen this movie so many times, never realized that is Helga. I, we can't be the only ones realizing this. We've. We've educated so many people on the importance of Helga in this movie. I and mean, I didn't realize it until today. And yeah, me neither. I, again, I would not have realized it except for doing this minute by minute and talking about the deleted scenes. Uh, so then we move on. We have Father Bile. He's he's continuing on his prayers. He says, uh, he shall wipe every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death or mourning, crying out or pain, for the former world has passed away. Uh, guys, this is Revelations uh, 21.4 for those isn't, scoring at home on their Bible. <laughs> isn't Revelations not a very comforting thing to read? Yeah, like, I think Revelations is like the mo- like a pretty wild. Revelations is, I'm no Bible expert, but isn't that the fever dream book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the end of the uh, uh, Bible too. So, I, yeah, listen, we're not the right people to talk about this. <laughs> I did... <laughs> Do do a gospel one. Do just that Jesus fellow. Do one of those. <laughs> that Jesus fellow. That Jesus fellow. You know, Jesus. Um, so uh, Rose in this moment brings up how this was where they were when they first met. 
any thoughts or opinions on that sort of realization during the movie? Uh, my my joke answer is that Jack's face looks like he's really annoyed <laughs> that she brought this up. Yeah, <laughs> like now's not the time, Rose. <laughs> it's also where we're going to die. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is it is like a bizarre thing. Like I'm sure she's trying to find some sort of levity in the situation, but like this moment's always been a little stranger. She's like, Jack, this is where we it, first met. It's like, it, yeah. It's it, I don't think it's particularly funny. It's pretty awkward in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut to just some priests praying revelations yeah. out loud. People are dropping down the side of the boat <laughs> yeah. ship. Sorry. Um Come on, so, Duff. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about uh, the stern here, the poop deck, if you will. I want to talk about the set. We've mentioned it a little bit when I read uh, uh, excerpts from the Time Glub uh, Glub Glub article. <laughs> um, so this is a separate set that they could rotate around. It was 90 degrees. It was essentially like a part, like the, this part of the boat, and they could rotate up to 90 degrees. And so everyone on here, uh, the extras and the actors, have cables attached to them. And safety gear under their clothes. And then the They're all wearing deck. water wings. Yeah. The poop deck is tilted to about 25 degrees. And then what they did is they made as much stuff as they could on this poop deck of rubber. So like stuff that looks like metal, a lot of it ends up being, like, is just rubber. Those tables and, that people snap into. Yeah. But then there's some stuff that they couldn't. Like, it was actually metal, right? Like, I'm sure, like, those big, like... Super Mario pipes you can jump down to. <laughs> Super Mario pipes. Do, do, do. So if they... Uh, the parts that they couldn't make out of rubber, what they did is they, they just... <laughs> they just they took rubber mannequins and they, like attached them to these metal parts so that if people slid into those metal areas at least they would hit the rubber mannequins sounds safe yeah mm-hmm. um and so i was listening to the cast and crew commentary and kate winslet tells a story about how um maybe it wasn't her who told the story no i didn't someone else told a story about how one of the cables for the poop deck broke that was used to like bring it back into the horizontal position so it broke and they were just stuck in the vertical position for like 45 minutes it's a long just, time it's a long time to be stuck in the vertical position right just hanging there waiting until they they fixed it so they could tilt you back to like normal it's like when roller coasters get stuck and you're upside down there's a i so one of my favorite places to go to roller coasters at is Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia. And there is a roller coaster called Apollo's Chariot. I really enjoy Apollo's Chariot. It's a fantastic ride. It opened the uh, the summer before I stayed in Virginia. So in 2000 it opened. And it was made famous. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but the first person to ride it, because it's sort of like this, like, you know, Apollo's Chariot. It's like Greek God. They want like a Greek God out there, right? So they got Fabio and a bunch of beautiful women to like ride it with them for the first time. So you have all these beautiful women wearing white and you have Fabio on it. And then like the very first like public ride, a bird hit Fabio in the face (laughs) and busted his (laughs) nose up. I only know this story because you're the one who told it to me. But, but like, I, I, this was not on my radar at all, and it is a fantastic story. And there are pictures. 
there's just these like pictures of just Fabio with a bloody nose, <laughs> like pieces of bird. Like imagine like all these models that are like, oh, you got to go to Williamsburg. We're doing this shoot with Fabio, and then he's on it, and then his face hits a bird, and just blood just shoots out it's, pieces of bird. It's like when Randy Johnson hit that bird, oh, except yeah. the base, <laughs> except the baseball is a guy's face. It's one of the most amazing moments in the history of sports when Randy Johnson throwing a fastball hit a bird flying by and, and the no bird one just exploded and no one knows what to do. No, because, what like <laughs> like what is there a rule that even tangentially covers that? Oh, and it's like pre HD, so you don't actually see the ball. Like it, oh, now, if it happened, it's you could super see, like, grainy. Slow I it yep. this was like two thousand maybe something. That like sounds that. like two thousand or two thousand one, ninety nine maybe, and like yeah, the bird just it just looks like a ball just explodes halfway through the through the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a moment. Um What a way so, to die, huh? Oh, I know. Well, what's this over here? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh this minute ends uh as we cut to some of the tragedy of this wreck. We see a woman dead under the water. It's very ghost-like. This is just such a bizarre shot in this movie, I think. It, ghost ship. Ghost it, ship. It's like the scene or the shot in uh, Night of the Hunter where the woman is underwater in the car. Mm, which oh, is, nice one, Duff. Which is also very uh, spooky, uh, ethereal. Is that yeah. the word? Yeah, so, that's, a good, that's, a, that's a word. Yeah. So um, I, it actually reminded me of that, and I wonder if that's an homage or oh, if they took inspiration from that. Good pull by Duff, man. I like it. Um, and then we also just sort of see, like, dishes falling in slow motion, which part of me is like, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Sh- yeah, well, like, I'm, uh, you know, we've, like, I guess this could be the part of the boat that's, like, you know, the stern part, and that's why it's falling. But my first thought watch this minute by minute it's like isn't this underwater already but i guess there's a 50 percent chance that's not right i go back to what we've talked about where some things are ridiculously elaborate productions and then i imagine this is just some guy standing behind a, a china hut shoving dishes yeah. that's like <laughs> a- action and he starts to tip it and that's the entire shot all right good we got it <laughs> yeah man um that's listen friends that's all i have on this minute uh Watch. Joe, that's all i have that's all i have i have nothing else stuff do you have anything else no i'm disappointed joe. you don't have more though joe i don't have anything else what do you have it's time for the sam kennison wreck of the week yeah. the wreck of the week <laughs> brought to you by cocaine <laughs> this 2018 podcast we're referencing sam kennison we're just testing everyone's levels on their on their uh headphones or speakers all right let's hear the wreck of the give week me the wreck give me the wreck give me the wreck of the week, <laughs> the wreck of the week! Uh, <laughs> let's work we find ourselves in the ocean atlantic mm-hmm. the year I don't remember. The 50s. <laughs> Let me get my notes out. Okay, the 50s. 1956. Is this, it, is this about Natalie Wood? The only <laughs> wood that doesn't float? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, 
look, Google it, everybody who didn't get that. <laughs> look that up, Caroline. Talk about Natalie Wood and your uh, singing feeling. <laughs> so, we uh, for this week, I wanted to. Uh, it, 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 there's a lot of shipwrecks, folks, <laughs> for me to comb through. This time, I decided to go with one that. I, I, the actual end story here isn't quite as spooky as I hoped it would be, but I wanted to find something that seemed to be cursed below the water. And I won't say that's exactly the case here, but many have died trying to search this wreck. And we'll get into that a little bit later. First, let's get into the basics of what happened. The ship's name, the Andrea Doria. Mm. Have you guys heard of this one? I've, I've heard of it because of Seinfeld. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it is referenced to Seinfeld. This was an Italian ocean liner uh, bound for New York from Genoa. Uh, in the 1950s, folks, the heyday of just these luxury ocean liners going from Europe to North America and vice versa. Now, the Andrea Doria uh, crashed in July of 18... Or excuse me, 18... 1956. And it uh, was built for luxury... Uh, and this is really the heyday of the ocean liners. This was the first ship to have three outdoor swimming pools. I think it was lavishly decorated. Uh, it really tried to show off sort of, uh, on the one hand, modernity, but on the other hand, looking at sort of Italy's fantastic artistic heritage. It uh, was also equipped with the latest in navigational equipment. It had not one, two sets of radar. Ooh. To help it make it across. And it also had 11 watertight compartments. And these were constructed so that the ship would remain afloat. If uh, any, uh, if if one or two of them were breached, it would still stay afloat. And it would nice. never take on a list of more than 15 degrees. So guess which adjective they used to describe this ship? Uh, unsinkable. Guess what happened to it? It sunk. <laughs> Correct on both counts, Rob. Heard <laughs> <laughs> the kind of last great lost ship of the transatlantic passenger era so this is a ship that was designed to learn all of the lessons from the titanic and still <laughs> crashed and sank anyways yeah <laughs> so um the uh ship uh was only 60 nautical miles from nantucket and it is found right on the border of the continental shelf so one of the reasons why this ship this wreck is so noteworthy it's sort of considered the mount everest of underwater exploration it's just a thing where if you're into diving and you're into searching undersea wrecks this is one that you have to do to really prove your metal did you read about this on a nantucket nectar's bottle cap just asking for a friend duff you want to respond to that one or uh I knew a man from Nantucket. <laughs> so, so first of all, you know who else liked a Nantucket? Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Nantucket. <laughs> wow. Uh, so the the Andrea Doria, it it you size more, fourteen it, nautical mile. It almost made it. It was. Oh, okay. So yes, you're correct. It did so almost it, make it. It made the vast majority of the of the voyage. It yep. did indeed. Home stretch. The ship was sailing through fog and uh, heading towards New York Harbor. And this is obviously a very busy port. And obviously all these ships are from this broad ocean are converging on this single point. So it's kind of dangerous. Mm -hmm. And it was sailing through uh, pretty thick fog to the point where from the captain's bridge, you could not see the bow of the ship. 
That's mm. pretty thick fog. That's thick fog. They slewed. They slew. Excuse me. Wow. They slowed down only slightly, and uh, they uh, did actually close all the watertight doors in those watertight compartments. So they did take some safety measures. And soon as uh, as they're going through this fog, they start to see a blip on their radar, and it's another ship, which turned out to be the MS Stockholm, a uh, an ocean liner from Sweden. I heard people didn't like being on that ship, but then they eventually did. <laughs> too easy. <laughs> Demer- demerits for being too easy. It was one of the, uh, this was a post-war ocean liner. It was considered sort of one of the, a smaller one. And this one was sailing out of New York and heading back home to Sweden. And uh, the the ships, both ships captains did see blips on their radar, seeing that they appeared to be sort of heading very close to each other, starting from, um, I don't know, I remember exactly, like 20 or 30 miles away. And they made a series of mistakes, which uh, I'm not going to go into details about it, but basically they kept screwing up, up which way they should turn because uh, especially the uh, the... Andrea Doria was kind of looking at where the other ship was, but wasn't measuring sort of its its uh, heading, using using a series of radar readings to see which way it was going, and they made Is a pretty fatal like mistake. Run into someone in the hallway, and you're like both like go to move the same direction a couple times. Uh, I'm not a ship's captain, but it did seem to be very similar to that. Okay, and and both captains made some decisions that turned out to be the wrong ones, and ultimately the uh, the Stockholm crashed directly into the side of the Andrea Doria. T-boned, basically. Yes, Ooh. and so it ruptured. Uh, it 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 hit near where its empty fuel, nearly empty fuel tanks were. Water rushed in, uh, and it pierced more than two of those water tape type chambers um, and this ship immediately started to lilt over uh, and this for anyone who is curious this the in the episode of Seinfeld uh, George was competing to get an apartment and the other guy oh, no, gained, yeah. gained the sympathy uh, of the the leasing committee because he was a survivor of the Andrea Doria and George is really mad when he finds out how few people died. Yeah, it was, it was only 46. <laughs> 46 people died. And all, pretty much all those deaths were a result of the initial collision. Here's a story that I know for sure Rob is going to enjoy, and I think right. Duff will too. The okay. miracle um, of the of the collision, a, a young girl was sleeping in bed when it uh, when the ships collided. She was launched from her bed onto the bridge. of. The, she was on the Andrea Doria. She was launched from her bed onto the bridge of the Stockholm. Wow. And uh, survived. Wow. So as the ship pierced through the Andrea Doria, she was knocked out of her bed and then onto the deck of the other ship. What was she wearing? (laughs) (laughs) So did the Stockholm sink too? It did not. It um, sounds lucky to me then. It was damaged, uh, but it was able to get back to uh, the port of New York under its own steam. It did not need to be towed there and was able to sail again after repairs. The Andrea Doria, however, so here's another safety thing. It was designed so that if it lilted, um, listed, excuse me, to the side, um, anywhere up to 20 degrees on either side, it would still be able to drop the lifeboats on that side. So if it, if, if it lilted saw, um, saw starboard, all of the boats on that side would still be able to uh, be used as long as it was 20 degrees or less. Okay. It 
uh, quickly exceeded 20 degrees. And we did not see the same degree of heroism on this boat, although many crewmen did be, be, uh, behave admirably. The first lifeboat did not leave the Doria until an hour after the collision. And the early boats were mostly crew members. <laughs> what? So a uh, ship full of Costanzas here. <laughs> yep. The SS Rob. <laughs> so the um, eventually, you know, they do get some boats in the water, but they're only able to use half their life, lifeboats. Now, this the Doria had learned a lesson from the Titanic, and it actually had more lifebo- lifeboats than it needed. Oh. But they were so... The problem is they could only use half of them. So now the ship is starting to um, shift over to the side, and they don't have enough lifeboats for everybody. Now, uh, fortunately, the Stockholm obviously was sending uh, boats. They sent their lifeboats over to the Doria after they sort of separated to try to get as many people as they could. But there's only so much you can do when your lifeboat is, you know, on the ocean and a ship is sinking. You know, people can't exactly jump into it, right? Yeah. Fortunately, another ship um, came by, the uh, Ile de France. It was a a ship uh, that was also... Uh, sailing into the New York Harbor out of it. I, I'm not sure it doesn't mention in this article. And the fog clears just in time, and the captain was able to um, bring the boat just 400 yards away from the sinking ship. And um, the Ile de France uh, rescued by far the greatest share of passengers out of between them and the Stockholm. So many, most of all of these survivors, many of them went to this other ship. The captain, Captain uh, Kalamai, refused to leave the ship and he was convinced that they would the ship would not sink and they would able to be able to be towed to the harbor uh but even as the ship is almost you know fully sideways he's still there and the ship's the remaining crew members refused to leave without him it got to 40 degrees guys can you imagine being on a boat that was 40 degrees over to the side the remaining crew, he uh, he ordered the, them to abandon ship. They refused to leave without him. And then reluctantly, just past 5.30 a.m., he stepped onto a lifeboat and towed away. 11 hours after the initial collision at 10.09 a.m. on July 26th, the uh, Doria finally capsized. And by this pi- point, chartered planes carrying news photographers uh, had uh, had arrived and were taking photographs of the ship. So you can actually see pictures of the ship as it's capsizing. Now, the reason why I picked it is what's so interesting. It's right on the uh, the border of the continental shelf. So where the ship actually rests at the bottom of the ocean, just past it, we go off into oblivion, into the deep ocean. And it is extremely difficult to uh, visit via a dive because of sort of its depth and because of where it is on the ocean floor. There's all these pretty unpredictable ocean currents sea deep monsters? down at sea. Possibly sea monsters mm. as well. So um, 40, uh, excuse me, uh, it is, um, so so basically this is sort of a, if you're a serious diver, this is a wreck that is sort of a rite of, not, I wouldn't say a rite of passage, but like I said, it's the Mount Everest of wrecks. And um, it's, like I said, considered the Mount Everest of underwater exploration. So have people gotten to the wreck? Yes, but a, a large number of people have also died trying to explore it. So, so it's this kinda... is, is this deeper than Titanic? It's not so much that it's it's deeper. It's that um, 
it's it's in a very difficult diving location. So it's 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 in American waters, and it's considered to be sort of the worst wreck in uh, the American waters of, for most of the 20th century into the 21st. 16 divers have have passed away trying to explore this ship. Uh, many of them, like they'll they'll be exploring compartments of the ship and sort of get lost in there and unable to escape, uh, or they'll try to resurface too quickly and uh, die from um, decompression sickness, um, or they'll be down there too long and they get too much nitrogen in their blood because when you're that deep, sort of the you need to have nitrogen mixed in with the oxygen. So a lot of people have died trying to um, trying to dive through this wreck. Hmm. So I was hoping when I first started, read this article that it was considered to be cursed, but it's just more like the degree of difficulty is very high trying to explore the ship. But it also, since it was so luxurious, it, there's a lot of money and valuable artifacts on board. So it's also a very alluring wreck to explore because the potential for finding items of value down there are, are very high because the ship was so luxurious. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, Listeners, it's you should. Sweet wreck. You should, uh, after checking out that wreck, sign up for our newsletter, which is not a wreck. Not a wreck. Titanicminute.com slash newsletter. Sinking feeling, by our very own Caroline. Uh, I learn something every week. I learn more from that from one week of that than I do listening to you guys. Fair. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, so check that out, and uh, we will be back tomorrow, guys. Let's do a happy hour episode tomorrow. What do you think? All right. Let's, we'll yeah, I'm it. fine with that. Yeah, sure. Okay, gotta we'll do a happy hour I, episode tomorrow. Well, I can't get too drunk because gotta remain vigilant for monsters. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Titanic Minute. Hello.